All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Tuesday. It's February 7th. I am Doug Norrie, the owner-operator DFSR.com. If you need some projections for FanDuel or DraftKings or Yahoo, come on over to DFSR.com. Got bets in there as well. Everything you need for NBA action. NFL covering you through the Super Bowl here. MLB right around the corner. Hockey every single night. PGA. It's all under one subscription package. DFSR.com. Will get you started. No better deal in the industry. Can say that pretty uh, confidently. Been around for as long as any other operator in the industry as well. Can say that confidently as well. So DFSR.com will get you started. Go check it out seven days for free. Then $29.95 a month after that. Not going to find a better deal. Six games in the NBA going here this evening with the big story centered around one Mr. LeBron James. I do not go nuts about narratives. Everyone, look, everyone in this thing is like, you know, so many narratives. You got the birthday narrative. You got the coming home narrative. You got the revenge narrative. That's a big one. That's the biggest one that people always want to talk about revenge. And, you know, then there's layers of revenge. Like he was on that team three years ago or that team slighted him in the draft seven years ago. Um, You know, just these these labels that people want to give games and players just to tell themselves a story. I get it. That's what makes sports fun. It's fun to have stories around it. Sometimes your point is proven. Oftentimes it isn't. These guys just kind of go about their business. So with the narrative piece, I actually often don't really concern myself too much with it just because it's silly. And I don't think in the long term, any of that stuff bears fruit. Now, that being said, when you have historic stuff on the line, yeah, I think it's time to start paying attention to it. LeBron James goes into this game against the OKC Thunder, 10 o'clock start at home, Lakers minus seven. LeBron needs 36 points to uh, eclipse Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scoring record. This is uh, a prime spot <laughs> to be to tell yourself a little story about what can happen. Now, with, with LeBron, there's a couple things to keep in mind. For starters, the, the Lakers do play the next two games at home. And they're both on TNT, so they're both going to be national televised games. And it's almost 100% going to happen in these next two, right? Like, he just averages too many points a game. As long as he doesn't get hurt, there's almost a certainty, I would say, that it's going to happen here just based on what his game-to-game stats are, right? He's averaging 30 points a game this season. Even with Anthony Davis back, the usage is still there. 22, 19, 25, 30 shots over the last four games. The 36 points is probably a bit of a stretch. But again, LeBron is fully aware of what's going on here. Like, there's no confusion. This is a national story. LeBron understands his place in history. I, it's not even a debate. I, like, he, he, he knows exactly how many points he needs. He'll be watching how many points he needs. That is a certainty. So it's a funny thing we are in place here. It's always, I never want to make manual adjustments to projections based on how I feel about a certain situation. This is the one time where I've actually, I would actually consider it. Could I see him pushing, like, especially if it's like the fourth quarter and it's getting close, even if the game's a little out of hand, just to have it done, like in a, you know, in front of a home crowd and a win or something like that, for sure. If the game's close anyway, he's going to play a ton of minutes. So that lines up like there's just too many scenarios that work out for him to be able to kind of get there, get to the 36 points. 
and the understanding that everyone in the arena and everyone associated with the Lakers, including LeBron, fully, fully, fully understands this historic achievement. If you look right now, his over-under for the game is 32 and a half points. Again, do we want to bet narratives all the time? Definitely not. Is it a good idea to try to transplant your own feelings about a situation onto a player for a game? 100% no. When we hit the historic stuff is when you start to probably even the most steadfast a person probably needs to start thinking about it. So he needs 36 points, 35 will tie it. It's worth noting here with LeBron, he's going to he's going to break the record, right? He'll do it over these next two games. He's going to do it in like 150 fewer games than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's pretty it's pretty amazing uh, what he's done here. Don't need to litigate the, the LeBron James career. If you're listening to this podcast, my guess is you have heard of him. So uh, and, and you know of his accomplishments well. But going into this game, this slate of games, I do think it's it's at least worth tuning into, if not just like making some sort of decisions about it. By the way, too, you want just a fun sweat on whether he breaks the record, take that 32 and a half over, sit there, celebrate with LeBron James as he closes in on the all time scoring mark where you grab him and know that as long as he gets the 33 points, you feel pretty good to go on. Uh, you feel good to go on the bet and you feel pretty good with the understanding that if he gets the 33, he's probably getting the 35, right? To at least tie it and probably getting the 36 to break it. That's that's what it feels like to me, at least. And if you've known about the FSR for a while or you've followed me for a while, you know that I really, really, really don't think about stuff like this in this fashion as much as people, other people want to and do. And this is the time that I think <laughs> it definitely is worth checking in on. So 36 points to break the record, 32 and a half over under. I think he's a good DFS play as well. Pair him with Anthony Davis. You have a lot of upside. OKC is a good matchup in terms of overall pace. Good defensively this season. But, uh, in, you know, this game has a pretty high total. Second highest total on the slate. Highest total on the slate. 238 with the Lakers at minus seven. So I think you're feeling uh, pretty good going into that. And if you're a LeBron James supporter, you really want to see it. If you're a LeBron James hater, eh, you still got to kind of appreciate what this dude has done. I don't think there's any way around that. <clears throat> All right. Other things to consider for this six-game slate, Brandon Ingham and C.J. McCollum, I think pairing them together gives you a pretty high floor going against um, the Atlanta Hawks in this game, 234 over under. New Orleans is a minus two. With CJ, with Brandon Ingram, the prices, especially for Ingram on DraftKings, are, are just simply too low. 7,100 just isn't enough for the amount of shots that he's been taking. Uh, last game, I think he took 28 shots altogether uh, in like 32 minutes. Let's check that. Yep, 28 shots in 32 minutes, ended up scoring 35 points. He's not taking a ton of threes. He's getting to the mid-range a lot. That's fine if you can do that on volume for scoring for a guy like him. So I'm not so worried about it. He's getting there on the rebounds and assists as well. And the good news is for him is that after coming back from a lengthy injury absence, it does look like the minutes are fully back for him. He had run 36. This is Ingram had run 36 minutes. The game before had a little bit of foul trouble against the Lakers, even though they got the win, but still played 32 minutes. It would have been more had he not had some foul issues. The 7,100 price on DraftKings, like I said, is kind of a joke on Ingram, so I don't think you're even really thinking about it. And knowing that CJ is just 8,000, I think pairing them together and understanding that in that scenario, you're getting basically all of the Pelican shots. I mean, these two guys combined 
last game for 44 shots total. You know, there was a few other double-digit guys. Jonas got the double digits. Trey Murphy got up 12 shots. But again, I think part of that was even because of the Ingram foul trouble. CJ ended up running 39 minutes. His minutes floor has been very, very high with or without Ingram. I think you can feel pretty good about this pairing, especially on DraftKings. A little bit closer on FanDuel, I think, just because Ingram's price is higher and pushing up toward 8,000, though it's close on that one too. If you think he's going to get up to 35, 36 minutes because that's the way the Pelicans are starting to really push his run, then I think that that number looks fine too. It's just it's just a question of how much you think that they're willing to push his minutes. I'm at 34 now, and I'm realizing that that's probably a shade too low on expectation. So if we push that to 35 or 36, which seems like it's the path moving forward for them, uh, I think you probably see him in, in every lineup too. And and I think that's just a high floor. You know that these guys are going to hopefully dominate a lot of the scoring. Atlanta is a good matchup in terms of DFS. They rank 19th overall in defensive efficiency this season, 7th overall in pace. So not exactly in the sweet, sweet spot of DFS matchups, but pretty darn close, right? Like this is is kind of getting there in terms of where you want to be. So Putting Ingram and CJ McCollum together feels like a play that I probably almost definitely want to make on this slate. I think it makes a lot of sense. There are other good matchups here. You start to get into a salary crunch a bit when, if you're thinking about playing LeBron and these guys, and then maybe an Anthony Davis too, you really can't do it for all of them. So you will have to eventually make a choice on where to go. Uh, but I think that the floor, as long as the game stays close with that 234 over under, CJ and Ingram pair together uh, pretty well, all things considered. Other considerations on this slate, um, Jalen Brunson is just absolutely a scoring machine. Like, I don't know if people have really taken full notice of what he's done this season. Like Brunson, in addition to making the Mavs look bad for not re-signing him and possibly just keeping that pairing with Luka going instead of having to ship out stuff for Kyrie Irving, which they did. Uh, and we'll get to the, the Nets and Mavericks thing here in a second. But Brunson has just been, I mean, taking so many shots and so the scoring has been crazy. Now the Knicks have played a bunch of overtime games over the last month. So the minutes are a little bit inflated around that. They've played four overtime games in their last 10. It's a pretty big outlier size or excuse me, outlier sample in terms of just getting those five extra minutes. That being said, over the last month, Jalen Brunson scoring 29 points a game, five assists or 5.4 assists, 4.1 rebounds, taking almost 22 shots. That's pretty impressive when you are on a team with Julius Randle and also RJ Barrett, who also want to get theirs dominating the not dominating in terms of usage, but just getting this much usage for a guy like Brunson is an impressive thing. And it's yielded mostly positive results like the Knicks are eh, they're about 500 in that stretch. Uh, but it's clear that from an offensive standpoint, this is how they want to sort of be running the offense. And if you look back to December, now in December, they had more wins. His usage was down like he was only taking 16 shots a game back in December, averaging 18 points up to 22 shots a game, just about uh, over the last month plus. So we've definitely seen a shift in just how they're running things. Uh, and I think that probably the sites in general have been a little slow to catch up on, on that movement, right? So if you look at Brunson right now, he is yeah 8,500 on DraftKings, which is starting to seem a little bit high. He was kind of a chalkier play for a bit here with the prices slow. Under 8,000, 
on FanDuel at 7,900. I think the price there looks pretty good. It's a little bit easier to play him uh, on FanDuel, which I, where I think you're, you know, you're probably making that decision, but I just wanted to catch people up sort of on what Brunson has been doing because I, I, again, it's not out of nowhere, but it's worth looking at because again, there's been a definitive, definitive usage increase over the last month. And sometimes even over that long of a sample, sites can be a little slow getting into it. All right, I mentioned the, the Nets and Mavericks trade. Did not get into this, uh, having not done a show yesterday. Just a couple quick thoughts. Obviously, Kyrie Irving goes to the Mavericks. Said they send back Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. It looks like Dinwiddie and, and DFS are going to be available to play here on Tuesday, which is a shame only because Cam Thomas had been so amazing for the Nets. Back-to-back 40-point games. We had him at low ownership on FanDuel yesterday, which was an, ended up being... Uh, a pretty great spot to just be able to cash all around uh, like 10 X in some places and his usage was through the roof. So I think the cam Thomas piece is probably pretty much over with Spencer Dinwiddie coming in. Thomas will still play, but he's not going to see anywhere close to the usage that, um, that he was seeing over the last couple games. I suspect Dinwiddie just comes in and, and starts right away. I suspect Dorian Finney Smith, comes in and starts right away. There's been no definitive word on that. Ben Simmons is also supposedly um, available to come back in this game as well. I'm not 100% sure what they do with the starting lineup because these guys are working right into the mix brand new. There's a world where the Nets just start three out of the five totally new guys. Like if it's Simmons, Dinwiddie, DFS, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton. I mean, well, not I'm calling Simmons like he's new. Uh, he hasn't played in a long time. So that there's a world where that's the starting lineup and it's basically a whole new team against Phoenix. I think there's a it's a, a good spot to just kind of wait and see because Phoenix is not a great matchup. Phoenix will be getting Devin Booker back in this game. I, like, I think just wait and see kind of how this plays out. But we are it's a nice primer for getting into the trade deadline where we are on the doorstep of maybe you know, seeing the league as a whole new thing, depending on what kind of player movement we get. Every year, the trade deadline upends and reconfigures the entire NBA landscape. And then you have to take a couple games to try to figure out like what's going on. Usually you have, you know, one or two games with the in-between, excuse me, where it's like, okay, well, the guys are still traveling. They haven't cleared. The trade deal isn't finalized. And so you're waiting on that to happen. And then, you got to wait to see how they integrate with the new team and who's starting and who's gone. So these this week and then into next week are usually times of pretty great upheaval in terms of betting, in terms of DFS. I think there's all amazing opportunity often with this stuff because it's just really hard to figure all this stuff out. Uh, the Nets are going to be one of these examples, but I think it's one of the examples on the the values probably not their end, right? Like they're just new guys. They have some guys that can come off the bench, like some there in Thomas that have shown the ability to score. Simmons working in kind of just throws that a monkey wrench into that. And it's not like he's going to play major minutes. So I think the Nets are mostly in a void, but did want to talk about, you know, sort of what's happening to their team in the short term. And then on Wednesday, we'll be back to talk about what it looks like for Kyrie to join Luca. I mean, that's a definite kind of monkey wrench also about like how things get put together, like what happens to Luca's usage. You know, we've seen Kyrie go completely off at times with the Nets, many times with the Nets, especially without Durant, like what it looks like for him in a Dallas uniform. So this is the beginning, like I said, a little primer into 
what it means to look at things around the trade deadline. It's really, really exciting time for the NBA, but it also can be uh, a little bit confusing, a little bit all over the place. And it's something, if you're over at DFSR, like we got you covered, go into the chat room, ask a couple questions, see how the minutes get adjusted. We're doing this on the fly every single night. Uh, and like I said, there's a reason that we're some of the best in the business when it comes to that. Final few pieces here. Take a look at Memphis tonight. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Xavier Tillman minutes have been in the 30s. If they can stick, I think they're both. I meant to do this other news and notes. Um, the, I think they can both offer some value, specifically Tillman on his price, because it hasn't totally come up in line with how many minutes he's playing right now. So take a look at Tillman if you can avoid foul trouble with Jaron Jackson Jr., which is always the issue. He's just t- probably still too low of a price, um, even at like 7,800, just because the blocks are completely insane. Five blocks a game over the last three. On FanDuel, where those count for three points, you know what it's like to have Jaron Jackson on your team and watch those blocks pile up. And you know what it's like to fade Jaron Jackson and see it pile up for someone else. It can be frustrating uh, or beautiful experience depending uh, on where you land on that. And like I said, Tillman, 30 minutes per game, still in for Steven Adams. Looks like he's entrenched as the starter there going forward. 4,600 on DraftKings. Uh, I think you're doing pretty well. Okay, going to get out of here. Fun little six-game slate. We'll sweat the LeBron James thing out together later on in the evening. DFSR.com is going to get you that free seven-day trial. Go and check that out. Members-only chat. Projections for NBA, NHL, PGA. MLB when it's coming, NFL for the Super Bowl. It's all covered under one subscription package, dfsr.com. We will be at be back tomorrow talking more hoops.